0: Welcome to the Plants and Pilates podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the glycemic index. I know a lot of people design their diets around foods that they believe to be low on the glycemic index. And so today we're gonna be talking about if you need to worry about that um, or not. So let's get right into it. The glycemic index was never meant for the general population and has no application for individuals who have normal blood sugar regulation. The glycemic index was designed for individuals with diabetes to assist them in regulating insulin medications and blood sugar levels. In fact, the glycemic index does not give you a picture of whether a food is healthy or unhealthy, and we're gonna look at that in a little bit. People have become so confused, they believe sugars have a high glycemic index, which in reality, that may not actually always be the case. So according to the glycemic index, you would be better off eating a package of M&Ms than brown rice. And this is how solely focusing on one aspect of food can throw you completely off. In our reductionist view of nutrition, we often have a laser focus on one aspect or nutrient of foods and then deem them fit or unfit for our diet based on this one feature. So we identify perhaps the grams of protein in a food and if it's high in protein, we deem it healthy. If it's low in protein, we deem the food useless. Other diet regimes identify grams of carbs to determine whether a food is suitable or not. This reductionist view of nutrition throw, basically throws the baby out with the bathwater and causes us to sacrifice long term health for short term weight loss. We seem to equate skinny with being healthy, which is absolutely not true. In fact, There are a lot of very popular social media influencers who are very thin who have come out later on saying, especially women, they've lost their period, uh, their hormones were out of balance, their digestion wasn't functioning properly because they were eating very restrictive diets and they were thin, but they were not healthy. So Just because someone is thin does not actually mean that they're healthy and it doesn't mean that you should be following whatever diet they are actually following. And just because a certain diet causes weight loss, and with that weight loss, it may cause a temporary decrease in some markers of health risk on blood tests, we may determine that diet to be healthy, when in reality, it may be dangerous. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later on. I'm not going to get into specifics of diets because we're focusing on glycemic index today. So, glycemic load has no bearing on whether a food is healthy or not. So we're gonna discuss just a few foods from the International Tables of Glycemic Index Values that was published in 2002. So we're gonna start with M&Ms. M&Ms have a glycemic index of 33, which in general is considered really, really good. Um, Brown rice, however, has a glycemic index of 50. So if we are solely focusing on glycemic index as choosing or selecting our foods, we would obviously choose the M&Ms in this scenario. If we look at a Snickers bar, it has a glycemic index of 51, which is fairly similar to brown rice. If we look at the glycemic index of yams, it is 54. So in this example, brown rice, a Snickers bar, and yams would all pretty much be the same, so it wouldn't matter which one you chose. Spaghetti is a glycemic index of 46, And I know a lot of people think, oh, processed carbs that are bad for you. Well, actually that's not necessarily the case. And there are reasons why spaghetti actually is lower on the glycemic index, but regardless of where it falls, that doesn't necessarily mean spaghetti is good for you or bad for you. Another example, and my last example is a shortbread cookie is a 64 on the glycemic index. And watermelon is 72. So let's say we've finished our day of M&Ms and sticker bars because, of course, they fall within line of our glycemic index guidelines. And we're trying to pick a dessert. Would we go with this shortbread cookie that's a glycemic index of 64 or watermelon, which is a glycemic index of 72? Well, obviously we're gonna pick the shortbread cookie. So you can kind of see how this idea of glycemic index, and I know a lot of people have moved to the glycemic load because they've figured out that the glycemic index doesn't quite take everything into account. So then they say, well, we're gonna talk about the glycemic load. Well, the reality is glycemic load, it it isn't gonna help you pick healthy versus unhealthy foods either. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But the glycemic index, let's let's just start with this. The glycemic index is only one aspect of a food, and in fact, it gives an extremely skewed picture of what is healthy and what is not. This is not merely my own opinion, but has actually been supported in the research of the glycemic index or glycemic load of food. So I'm gonna read to you the position statement of the American Diabetic Association on glycemic index. And if you wanna see the references for this, you can look in the description box for that. Quote, in subjects with type 2 diabetes, studies of 2 to 12 weeks duration comparing low glycemic index and high glycemic index diets report no consistent improvements in hemoglobin A1c, fructosamine, or insulin levels. The effects on lipids from low glycemic index diets compared with high glycemic index diets are mixed, end quote. So basically, what are they saying? Essentially, they, did, they evaluated all of the studies on individuals with, t- with type 2 diabetes, um, looking at different lengths of studies comparing a low glycemic versus a high glycemic diet. These individuals did not have any benefit to their blood sugar levels or insulin levels, either from low glycemic or high glycemic. So that was basically had no bearing on their blood sugar levels. And the effects on lipids, which they're talking about uh, cholesterol and triglycerides that those uh, factors that indicate heart disease risk, those results are mixed. So they're not getting a consistent um, result in the studies to say that it would help with heart disease in those who have diabetes. So here we are The American Diabetics Association, for individuals who don't have a healthy regulation of blood sugar, this is not beneficial for them. So why would this be beneficial for individuals who don't have issues with blood sugar regulation? And the reality is it doesn't have any benefit because our bodies were designed. That's why we have insulin. That's why um, our bodies function the way that they do is to process carbohydrates and keep our blood glucose levels within a normal, stable, healthy range so that we can have proper energy. That's essentially what it's for. And we'll talk more about what carbohydrates do for us in the diet in a later podcast and why they are the body's primary source of fuel. But I will say carbohydrates are clean burning fuel for the body. The only metabolic waste that is produced by carbohydrates is water, which obviously is fine and carbon dioxide, which you breathe out. So it's a very clean burning fuel for your body and it's the ideal source of fuel. So David Jenkins, who is an MD, PhD, um, was part of a team who first defined and explored the concept of glycemic index of foods. So we have this researcher who was one of the first to explore this this entire concept. And so I'm gonna tell you what he had to say about the glycemic index glycemic index. And this was a video that was produced um, on Dr. McDougall's website. And you're welcome to, I will give you a link. You can go there and listen to his interview if you'd like. But Dr. Jenkins explained that they wanted to understand how different foods raised blood glucose differently. And then they made an index of those foods based on the classification. But then he goes on to explain that it isn't simply the carbohydrate content of a food that makes a dose response effect on glu- on blood glucose. So he's saying it's not just the carbohydrate in a food that causes blood sugar to rise in a certain way. And in reality, the fat content of a food and other things like that have, or fiber, fiber is one, the fat content of food also Uh, has an impact on that response to blood sugar, but just because it's a lower response doesn't mean that it's healthier. Another key point that he makes is that reducing blood glucose spikes in diabetes is something to consider. However, raising blood glucose for more increased demands of physical activity in a normal individual provides the fuel that's necessary for that activity and is not a bad thing, so where someone that is diabetic needs to pay more attention, probably should not be eating sugary foods or you know, trying to eat foods higher in, in fiber to more slowly release glucose into their bloodstream, which they also need glucose because that's what provides fuel to our cells. They just have to be more careful with the foods that they're eating in their blood sugar regulation. But for a normal individual, raising blood glucose for the demands of physio- physical activity is not a bad thing. So eating bananas or other foods that we would consider high in sugar is actually good. It provides fuel. And he also goes on to to state that the laser focus on glycemic index as a main indicator of dietary choice is inaccurate and unnecessary. It is only one characteristic of a food and should not be the main determinant if a food is healthy or not. So this is the man who was first... Um, researching glycemic index, who is telling you don't use this? If you, especially if you're a healthy individual, this is only one characteristic of a food and should not be used to to determine what you should or shouldn't eat. And he uses the example of 50 grams of carrots that they give you a higher blood glucose rise than a high fat chocolate bar. And he used the word high fat. That was not. That is not my. That is not my word. He says you can get a low glycemic index food that is low for the wrong reasons. So, this high fat chocolate bar has a lower impact on blood glucose because of the fat that's in the food. But that makes it low for the wrong reasons. These food contains this is what he says, these foods contain too much fat which delays stomach emptying they are higher in calories, they are not healthy foods, but they are lower in glycemic index. He states, and I'm going to quote this, this quote that he said in this interview, quote, I don't think the glycemic index is any more than one of the indicators of a food. The thing that would trouble me greatly is when people use the glycemic index as the only thing that is important in a food. It is not. It is one of the many characteristics and physical classifications of food end quote so we misunderstand insulin and its role in our body and you will hear a lot of weight loss gurus um telling you that insulin makes you fat and so if you have a blood sugar rise and your body has to secrete insulin it makes you fat well this is not the case we need insulin it's how energy enters the cell and the interesting thing that they kind of fail to tell you is that Insulin is also required to get fat into a cell as well. So if you eat a high fat food, you will have quite an insulin spike in order to get the fat into the cell. So it isn't just, uh, they oh, sugar, carbohydrates, they're bad, they cause a spike in insulin, that is not the case. That is not only the case. Insulin is needed for both fat and glucose. And glucose is how our cells get energy. It is our primary source of energy. Now people will talk about ketones, and I'm not going to go too much into this because this is more about glycemic index, but I think it's, it's appropriate here to give you a slight understanding that ketones are a backup source of fuel in order to prevent starvation when we are in a famine or in a time of food scarcity. Our bodies will then switch over to ketones. However, this This initiates a cascade of metabolic adaptations to lower metabolic rate to preserve your lean muscle mass. Why? Because you have to have blood sugar. It has to stay between that 7 to 100 milligrams per deciliter at all times, or you could go into a coma and die. You have to have blood sugar. If it starts to drop low, you would feel very tired. So what happens is we first use the glycogen stores in our liver and our muscles. But once we run out of that, especially seen in ketogenic diets and other very low low carbohydrate diets, the body has to get sufficient glucose from somewhere. So it goes into a process of gluconeogenesis. What people don't understand is your body is breaking down skeletal proteins in order to engage in this process, which means you're slowly losing lean muscle mass which is a process, part of the process of starvation, actually. People think that starvation is because you, you run out of food, and in reality, it's, it's part of the lean muscle mass loss. You'll notice uh, when you see pictures of individuals who from concentration camps or other places of starvation, they are very skinny, but it's not just that they're lean, like they look very strong, and, and they just don't have any fat over their muscles. They literally don't have any muscles either. And the reason is, is that the inadequate carbohydrate intake causes the body to break down muscle tissue. Um, and in fact, it can go into organs and other things. And so that's just a process of starvation that's happening. So these ketones is kind of giving your body energy in another way so it can kind of preserve glucose for very other important needs, but it will slow down your metabolic rate. So this is definitely not an ideal situation to be in, And it does cause fat loss, absolutely, but causing starvation mechanisms in the body is not an ideal way to lose weight and it definitely is not the only way. So the takeaway message here is this, glycemic index should have no bearing on the diet of healthy individuals who do not suffer from insulin resistance or diabetes. And in fact, even those who do have insulin resistance or diabetes can be led astray by this one aspect of food because as we well know, candy bars are not healthy despite their low glycemic index. So none of us would tell a diabetic to go eat M&Ms, but the reality is is they're fairly low on the glycemic index. So even a diabetic should not be using this as the sole way that they are determining what foods are appropriate for their diet. Our focus should be on on whole plant foods provided to us by nature. We do not need calculators, scales, tables, and graphs to tell us what to eat. Pick an apple, dig up a potato, and eat it. It's as simple as that. The foods that nature provides for you are the foods that are the healthiest for you. We don't need to do research into what about oranges or broccoli or potatoes or sweet potatoes or rice or any of these things. They were provided to us by nature, and they provide perfectly for our nutrient needs. We don't need these tables and graphs of glycemic index and all these calculations and all of these things to tell us how to reach an ideal body weight. When we look at the blue zones where people live the longest, they also are fairly lean. We look in in Okinawa, Japan, and a lot of their diet comes from rice or sweet potatoes and vegetables that we see Asians, billion asians living on predominantly on rice they don't so much anymore they eat more westernized diets and they look a little bit more like us now but even 30 years ago 50 years ago when they were living predominantly on rice they were thin they were lean diabetes was fairly unknown Um, they did have it but it was much more rare it is these whole plant foods that keep us healthy and even white rice that has some Uh, processing done to it is still far better than many of these other foods that we could find on this glycemic index. So hopefully that gives you a good basic understanding of glycemic index. Don't pay attention to it. Don't worry about it. You're eating whole foods. That's all you need to know. You know, there's nothing else that needs to be uh, calculated or anything like that. So Let everyone else in the diet culture worry about all of these calculations and calorie counters and apps and all of these things, and just know that you will be healthy in every sense of the word just by eating those whole foods. Now, as far as weight loss is concerned, I'm just going to touch on this before we end. There are some individuals who have a history of chronic dieting and calorie restriction whose metabolic capacity has been affected. And so if you just go into eating a lot of rice and potatoes and and those kinds of foods, you may not end up being able to lose weight because your metabolic capacity is just, your body will just adjust to the amount of calories that you're eating. And so this is where I have a couple of programs and uh, private consultations that I do, depending on your needs where we look at where your metabolic capacity is and kind of design a balanced approach that will allow you to lose weight while eating as much food as we can have you eating while losing weight because we don't want to negatively affect that metabolic rate and then we kind of slowly boost that as we go and that's definitely something to look at if you're unable to lose weight on a whole foods plant-based diet you may need a little bit of recovery to your metabolic rate in order to be able to lose weight and you may need to find that proper balance. So that's definitely something to consider if you are wanting to lose a little bit of weight. So I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope it was informative and I will see you next time.